We're discussing, um, good morning everyone, we were discussing, yesterday we finished up to the bottom of Chafam and Beis, we are discussing benching. We'll come to, to the, the sugya later of Zimun and on what we go ahead and bench, what requires benching, is it just the five grains, was it just anything from the Shiva Saminim, which is juxtaposed to the Avachalta of Svata Virachta in Parshas Ekev, what exactly is Mechaev benching? What obligates it in benching? Halachas of Zimun. We'll get to it at a different time. Size of well, that we're going to do today. So the first issue is, let's understand the timing of the bracha of Berchas Amazon. We know that we bench after we eat. It would probably make more sense, at least in Torah, to make a bracha before we eat. In other words, why does the, brach, the Torah... We know there are two brachos in Torah. There's Berchas Torah, which we make before we learn. And then there's benching, which is the other uh, bracha in Torah. That, but here we make it after. And the Meshachachma gives the following reason. If the only purpose that we went ahead and uh, were obligated to bench would be, or to make a bracha, would be to show gratitude, it would certainly make sense to make the bracha prior to eating. When we're hungry, when we're in a state of needing food, it would make sense. But if, one, when, if you think about it, says the Meshachachma, the obligation to bench after we eat is much different. It's actually, when is someone more likely to rebel and to forget that everything came from Hashem? Once one is satiated and satisfied. If you think about it, it's very easy to thank Hashem when you're hungry, when you're in need for something, when you're wanting, when you're longing for something. But when you actually eat and you're satisfied, then you're much likely to forget, more likely to forget, and not implement that Kar Satov. In fact, if you look at the Psukim, I'm going to read the Psukim to you from Parshas Ekev. Follow along with the Meshachachma says. It's absolutely brilliant. It says, You will eat, you will be satiated, and you will, uh, you'll, you'll bench. And you'll thank Hashem for the land that He gave you. The next Pasuk, Lest you go ahead, guard yourself that you don't forget about Hashem, so that you, and, and you don't go ahead and keep His mitzvahs. The next Pasuk, You will eat and you will be satisfied. You'll build beautiful homes. Sorry. You'll build beautiful homes. You'll amass personal wealth and you'll have livestock and cattle. You'll be rich. Everything will be in multitudes. And you'll become haughty. You will come to forget Hashem. The next four psukim after benching talk about that you're going to amass so much wealth. You're going to have personal wealth. You're going to have livestock. You're going to have big fat bank accounts. You're going to forget Hashem. It says, All this is in the context of benching. So he says that once we go ahead and eat, you're much more likely to forget Hashem. That's when the obligation sets in, says the Meshachachma. Beforehand, there's no atheist in a foxhole. When you're in trouble and you're starving and you need food, of course you're going to thank Hashem. But the opposite is the lesson. The opposite point is that when you're satiated, when you're satisfied, when you have to loosen your belt because you ate so well, that's dafka the time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu mandates that we go and thank Him. I saw in Rav Rosner's, Shalom Rosner's book on the Parsha, say from the Parsha, he quotes uh, from Rabbi Norman Lamb, the uh, couple past presidents ago from YU in his Haggadah called the Royal Table. He says something very nice. He says, why is it that after we, we eat a fruit, we make a bari nefashos, but after you have bread, you bench. After all, we were involved very, very minimally in, in the process of a fruit from beginning to end. A fruit was 
totally from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We were not involved in the process other than picking it off the tree. And for that, we give a bar nefashos, so a very, very, very short bracha, achrona. When it comes to bread, we have, we have to toil in it. We have to go ahead and work from the grain to become a finished product. There's so much more effort needed on our part, and yet for that, we make a, a long, long benching. It's, it should be the reverse. When it comes to a fruit, we did nothing. It's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we should give a tremendous long, tremendously long hakar satov. We should give a little benching. And when it comes to the bread, when we did the toil, when I say we, man, the farmer, then they process it, and the grain, and, 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 and dosh is separating the chaff from... Why do we give that? He says that's exactly the same point as the Meshachachma. We're going to think that since we did so much that we don't have to thank Hashem. Fakert, it's just the opposite. We still have to re- recognize that the raw materials came from Hashem and who allowed us to process the grain because it's very easy to say yadi. when it comes to the bread, we don't have to think so much. Yeah, the wheat grew, the barley grew, we did all the work. We transformed it from something in the field to a, a Thomas's English muffin that's sitting on our table. So that's when the Lamb says that's exactly the point. Buy your fruit, you're not going to forget it came from Hashem. So you can give a smaller bracha. When it comes to this, we're going to think that we did so much of the work that we deserve the credit. That's the, that's the point. So it's a very nice thought why we go ahead and bench afterwards and why we give, in fact, a much longer bracha for, for, the, uh, for bread. Okay, next topic I want to discuss. And that is, that is, this is what uh, Yossi was just saying, what triggers the obligation here? So again, we have v'achalta v'savato v'irachta. You have to eat, you're satiated, and you have to bench. If you don't like the food, you throw up. Okay, that's a separate question. That's a separate question. One second, one second. You, you, so it doesn't say you have to like it. It says you're satisfied. It means you're full. But what happens if you vomit? Okay, that, that, that's a question. But what, so is it more, first I hope it's, and no one's home or, or your spouse is cooking. Oh, if it's in a restaurant, it's a little bit more tolerable. But anyway, so what triggers the, the, the obligation? Is it the achila or the svia? Both, let's see. So with respect to... Visavata, um, you'll be satisfied. There's obviously no objective, <clears throat> uniform amount to satisfy. Everyone is different. Right? Must, what might satisfy a 150 pound year old uh, pound guy versus a 300 pound guy is very different. So there's no uniform definition of what satiates. That certainly is subjective. Now, let's try to define each one. Normally, when it says that you will eat, we have a, we have a mitzvah of achila. How is that defined in in the Torah? What measurement? Kazite. Kazite. Not a trick question. Kazite. Okay? If you go ahead and consume anything less than a kazite, it's not defined as a maisa achila. Here there's one more requirement. That you have to eat the kazite within a certain amount of time. What we know as kidei achilas pras. The amount of time it will take to eat about a half a loaf of bread. Anywhere from about three minutes to about nine minutes. Or Moshe is more on the three minute size side, there's some say six minutes, but anywhere about, whatever that time is, a defined amount of time, if you eat that kazais over an hour and a half, it's not defined as a maisachila, at least halachically, through the lens of halacha, if you go ahead and you eat, yes, you're getting the, the nutrition, you're getting, being satiated, but that's not the point of halachic definition of achila. Achila means an amount within a certain time frame, okay? Now, Therefore, by the way, if someone eats, let's say, half a kazayas of chametz, and we're, we're going to discuss chati shir in a few minutes, but if someone eats half a shear, let's say a chati shear of chametz, less than a kazayas of pes- on Pesach, did he violate anything? The answer is yes, but you don't get punished. 
you don't get punished because it's not defined as a ma'isa achila. You did an act that's wrong. You're not supposed to eat any chametz. So we're gonna you you you, you know klapish maya is gonna record that you didn't avera, but you don't get you don't get punished for it. And we'll see that in a little bit uh, in a little bit more a few more minutes. We'll discuss that. Now, the Mishnah Brewer says that just the ma'isa achila has to be done within the tochidei achilas pras, but not the svia. What does that mean? That means that you have to have the kazai in order to trigger benching minatora only about minatora just for the record midra banan if you eat a kazayas even if you're not satiated you have to go ahead and bench that's what we saw yesterday i how do you show favor to b'nai yisrael so he says how can i not show favor i said that you have to be satisfied and they go ahead and bench as machlokas rabbi huda rabbi mayor we'll get to later on the gemara <clears throat> i said you have to bench only if you're fully satiated comes along the chachamim Either Rabbi Huda or Rabbi Meir says either on the kazayis or kabeitzah. How could I not? How could I not show favor to them? So if you only eat a kazayis and you're not satisfied, you're chayiv midrabanan <clears throat> to be obligated in berchas amazon minatara on a Torah level. You have to eat a kazayis and be satiated both within. Well, well let's see, but pro- possibly within the kedeches pras. So now let's discuss this. Now is that true that you have to have both within that nine minute frame? So the Mishnah Bura says you only have to eat the kazayas of bread within, let's just say, that nine-minute time frame. But the svia to be satisfied, can be done over two hours. So, example, if you go ahead and have a Shabbos meal where someone gives you a piece of bread and you eat the kazayas right away, where you eat the full slice of challah, and people usually cut, cut gazunta pieces of challah within that, let's say, three, four, five minutes. So you had your kazayas, your measurement, within the allotted time frame. And now you're going to be satisfied over the next hour and a half with four different courses. So that would trigger an obligation in the Torah, according to the, to the Mishnah Bura. Because you had Achila, which has to be within the nine minutes, and then the Svia could be afterwards. Now, <clears throat> that's a Wipaskin, that's in the Shartzion. There are others, like the Fikayam, who say that both have to be within that nine minute frame, which is kind of hard to imagine, especially if you hold three minutes, right? Like Moshe Feinstein defines the time it takes to eat a loaf of bread. So according to that svara, you'd have to eat and have like a, a full meal within that three minutes. That's kind of hard to understand. We don't rely on that. <clears throat> and then there's a third opinion that says neither one has to be tochet achilas pras. You have to eat and be satisfied. There's an interesting shita of the chasam sofer. <clears throat> Again, we all like the, the Mishnah Bura. Mishnah Bura says you have to eat the bread within the tochet achilas pras. But as far as being satisfied, that can extend much longer than the 15 minutes. <clears throat> The Chassam Sofer says as follows, that svia is the key. It says, Va'achalta v'savato v'irachta. It doesn't matter if you eat the bread within the nine minutes, as long as you are satisfied. That's all that matters. He basically... <clears throat> now, how should we understand this opinion where achila, the definition of achila doesn't really matter? Because normally we just said that whenever the Torah says eat or don't eat, it means a kezayis. The Chassam Sofer, talking about a heavyweight here, says that the only thing that counts here is if you're satiated. How, how would we understand that? Well, why does he toss Achila outside, out the window? And the answer is, because the Torah usually never gives us a measurement of Achila. It just says, eat. And we know by default, wherever it says eat, it means a kezayis. But here the Torah goes out of its way to give you the amount. V'achalta v'savata. Eat to the point that you become satisfied. No, the Torah doesn't say in Yom Kippur, don't eat a kezayis. Or on matzah, it says, be'erev toch lumatzos, a kezayis. It just says, be'erev toch lumatzos, you have to eat. 
And we know if it doesn't stipulate the measurement, the fault is a kezayis. But here it actually gives you the amount you have to eat. You have to eat to the point that you are satiated. So the normal definition of achila doesn't apply here. So that's why he says, <clears throat> it doesn't matter if you eat a kezayis. You have to eat to the point that you're satiated. That's what triggers, and therefore it doesn't matter even if you're eating less than kezayis. Even if you eat less than the kezayis of bread, it doesn't matter, says the Chassam Sofer. The point is that you ate some bread, because otherwise it doesn't trigger any obligation to bench, and you're satisfied. Which means that if you just go ahead and have a kezayis of bread, and you're far from satisfied, all of a sudden you're, uh, you're a Tzala member and you get called, you eat a slice of bread, you're about to sit down to a nice, uh, a, a nice fleshig meal shop this afternoon, you get called away <coughs> because of Hatzalah. So before you go, you, do, do you have to bench? You don't have to bench, he says, because you didn't eat to the point of satisfaction. Yes, you had a kazais, but since the kazais is not the defining amount in this unique case, because of the Torah gives us a different share, you're not obligated to bench in this time. So is it, you have to have minimum of kazais? No, so according to him, it's not defined as kazais. Here, again, we paskin that in order to be obligated in Torah, you have to have the kazais, within that time frame, six minutes, nine minutes, three minutes, and then you have to also eat to the point that you're satisfied. Vachalta visavata. So the question is, what is the interplay between vachalta visavata? So we saw, <coughs> we know that the normal definition of achila is a kazais. So we saw the Mishnah Brewer that says, only the actual achila, the kazais part of bread, has to be done within the nine minutes. The satiation part can be extended over... That's not, no, that, that's not confined to the time parameters of a Kedechilas Pras, nine minutes. So the normal Shabbos meal, you eat that slice of bread within three, four, five, six minutes, and then you eat the rest of the meal, you're satisfied, you sh- the obligation of Minatora to bench is triggered. We saw two other opinions that both have to be within the nine minutes, or that neither have to be in the nine minutes. According to the, the novelty, the Chiddush of the Chassam Sofer, is that you don't have to have a Kezayis of bread here. You could eat two bites of bread, but as long as you continue the meal and you're satiated, svia is the key here. Because achila is normally defined as a mice achila of kezayis of bread. But here you, the key is the svia you have to eat. No one's going to say you have to eat that amount of bread to be full. In other words, you can't eat uh, two full plates of just plain bread. But the point is you don't even have to have the kezayis of bread here. As long as you eat some bread and then you're satiated. No, but the, it leaves the question open. What if you eat less than a kezayis of bread and for whatever reason you are satiated? Well, you so you ate yeah. less than a kazayas. That's, 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 that's my question. <coughs> right. I thought I'm just so, 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 it's true. According to this, according to this, you're right. Satiation is, we just said in the beginning before you came in, that satiation is a subjective right. We can't say. So, in that case, if let's just say you have a person, again, it's hard to imagine like a three year old. The three year old's never obligated in benching. But if someone just had gastric stapling, let's just say, and, and a week later they have two bites in their fall, that would satisfy. The question is, again, I, I'm assuming, he doesn't give that example, but I'm assuming that. Normally, would say that's not defined as a maizachila. Here, he's saying you may need more, but even say that you may need less. It's possible logical. based on logical uh, logical extension. Right. So according to him, that that's exactly the point. So according to the Chassam Sofer, you would not have to bench because here kezayis has no relevance. Kazais only has relevance if the Torah doesn't give us the parameters. Mm-hmm. Here it gives you. It says eat to the point of satisfaction. So kezayis falls out the window. And these are all just. Correct. Correct. Hundred percent correct. Correct. 
Now, Rabbi Kiva Eger gives a fascinating, fascinating example. And he says as follows. He says that, let me ask you a question. If a katan eats to the point that he's satiated and he's becoming bar mitzvah that night, he's becoming bar mitzvah, shkiah's at 6.30, and at 5.30 his mother says, uh, you have dinner, he has a big meal, and he benches. He's now 6.30, and now he's still satiated, he still has, he's still full. Does it trigger a new obligation to bench now? Because now he is obligated in Torah to bench. Mm. He, uh, he benched an hour ago when, it was, when he was still a katan. But is the mitzvah the achila part? Or is the achila just a means to an end of being satiated and being satisfied? And now that he's satisfied 45 minutes later, but he's a gadol, does it trigger a new obligation to bench? Yeah, and this, good. So this hinges on this question. What is the, the, the critical component here? How, uh, what is the interplay between achila and svia? How connected are the two? Is it, do both the achila and the svia have to be at the same time? Or can you separate now? No one's going to say that he ate while he was a gadol. He ate while he was a katan an hour later. But now he became a gadol. The sun came down. Bo bayom is bar mitzvah on that day. And now he's still, he, his first act, he can go ahead and bench because he's still full. He benched an hour ago or a half hour ago when he was a katan. But he was, so he was still full when he was a katan. Of course he was full, right. So, but now he's full. He's still full. Uh, yeah. But he's a gadol now. Now the obligation to bench is minatora. He already benched. But he benched as a dirabana, now he has a new, does a new obligation set in? This is Rabbi Rab- Rab- question. Based on Rosh Chodesh davening, if you eat before Rosh Chodesh is over, but then... Good. So that, so wonderful. So you're still benching. Right, so you're right. Now you're just taking into account the, the, the day, but here you already benched. So the question is, what's triggering the obligation? Is it the achila? Or is it the Sviya? Because we said, the Same thing like today. It's no, no. Here already benched. benched. Here, he didn't do a new act. Oh, there, let me change the... Let me finish, finish. Yeah. If you eat while it's Rosh Chodesh, and, and then nightfall comes, and it's no longer Rosh Chodesh, but you're still in the middle of eating, you bench Rosh Chodesh. Excellent. So the difference is, you triggered an obligation. Everyone agrees you triggered an obligation. So the Zman is what triggered it. No, 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 no. No, no, no that's not the benching. That's just adding. One second. You're just adding. You're just adding to the day. The Kedushalay. Alan, that's a good question. But there, the, the obligation was triggered. Everyone agrees that you have to bench, correct? Yeah. You're just saying whether you have to include Yalav Yavu or say whatever the example is. Right. So you have to. You have to Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. You have to bless Hashem according to the date. So that here he already benched. So you can see that he completed his obligation to bench. Question is, is the act that he's simply just satisfied now, is that trigger a new obligation? He's not eating again. He benched an hour ago. Wait, wait, hold on. I was waiting in line here. <laughs> so, southern. He's speaking Southern. Yeah. That's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw curveball at you. Let's say he eats. Why are you yelling at him? He doesn't bench, and he's still satisfied and becomes a well, that's what So I then he would... Okay, so then he, def- he, he definitely has to bench. He definitely has to bench. There's no question he has to bench. You're just but, asking... But no, I'm just saying... Is is it the right side there? So it, it's... it's right. he, you got to bench. You got to bench no matter, no matter what. At that point, it would be... If he never benched at that point, most likely... most likely, But not of course, because he ate when he was a... That, that's not as strong of a question. Here, it's even more because he already benched, right? Oh, well, everyone agrees. Everyone agrees he has to bench in your case. Question is whether it's the rest of the rabbanon. In any case, 
Right, right, right. But here it's even stronger. He already benched. He already benched, but he's still full. So the question is, if the two are tied together and there's a very, very strong connection between the two, then he certainly ate while he was a katan, and now it may not trigger the fact that he just has the savato. Or Rabbi Kiva Eger is misupak, he's in doubt. Or is the key, like we just saw, we just saw that Sviya, satisfaction, is the key. And since he still has what's called Hanas Mayayim, he's still satisfied, his intestines are satisfied, he should still go ahead and bench a second now, Bitoras Chi of Minatora. And in fact, he leaves it as a Tsar Chiyun. What a strong suffix he has that he doesn't answer. He does, the Chazon Ish, by the way, just answers. The Chazon Ish actually answers that there's no obligation Minatora on such an example, says the Chazon Ish. I, I hear what the, what the Rabbi Kiva Eger is saying, but I don't believe there's an obligation in the Torah because we already benched, and the obligation was to eat that leads to Sevilla. Right. But if you, if you sever the two, two variables, if you sever the two, then you ca- it doesn't carry over from the state of Katniss to now that he's a Gadol. Did you want to ask something? I don't understand why it makes a difference if it's a katan. One second, one second, what? You can't have the measurement of satisfaction without the trigger. That's what he says. That's what Kiva Eger is suffering. The question is, how is it only achila leads to the meaning you have to have both together or not? That's exactly a suffering. Now. Can't you make the argument he's a new person at this point? And therefore? And therefore, he's under no obligation for anything that happened earlier. He's under no obligation to. No, there's no obligation. So you have like a, a baby who's born full. No, how about a guy who's in the process of converting? He had no obligation at that time to bench. He comes out, he's still full. So again, so it would be. It would be. It would be a similar. This would be a similar. Okay, next next topic. Next topic. These are all. I, I like the uh, the passion. Okay. We wash again. So now, <laughs> there you go. Okay. So now. So we're we're actually we're actually going to get to this much later on. Shh. We're going to get to this much later on about zimun and when if you a brachal batala. So for example, we're not going to get into all the halachas now. But if someone knows that they're not going to eat a full kizayis bread, so just. So let's just give that example. If you know you're going to wash, but you're going to have less than a kazais of bread, do you wash? The answer is yes. Do you make antilas yadayim? The answer is no. You do not. If you know you need less than a kazais of bread, you wash. This is the Shulchan Mishnah Burah. But you, and you don't bench, certainly. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, of course. You put a bracha rishonah. Unless you're tasting, you always do a bracha rishonah. We'll get to that tomorrow. That's the Gemara and Sugin Daflam. And hey, we'll get to all these questions. But as far as benching, yes, you're not allowed to bench if you eat less than a kazais. That's a bracha levatala, possibly. So you also on the front end and the back end. Anyway, we'll get to. There's so much more in benching to discuss later on. We'll discuss about what trigger, what foods trigger benching, bracha chrona, zimun. Yeah. It's not the same thing you're just saying, but how do we get from the Storaisa to the Rabbanan? Rabbanan is if you eat a kazais, but you're not, but you're not satisfied. I, I get it. So how do we get from there? Like, why, why did the rabbanon feel the need to put that 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 that, that fence there? Like, why why not? Why make a smaller amount? Because that's that's the gemara we do. Because that's what the well. First of all, the problem. What's the problem with that? Subjective. Subjective. That's the first problem, right? What's what's you know? I probably eat more than you do. So if I eat more than you, what you may have, let's say a, a full bagel. I may have a bagel and a half. Then it, it you see you need some kind of uniformity just throughout. Leaving something to subjectivity like that is a problem. Number two, 
The Gemara also said yesterday that that's exactly because we love to do the mitzvahs. That's why they asked Hashem, how do you show favor? Because how can I not show favor? I said they only have to bench for Sviya, and they go ahead and make machmer themselves, a medaktik, even for a kibetzah. One other major, major topic I want to discuss right now, and this is a fascinating, we discussed part of this in the past, and now I want to bring the whole thing full circle. We discussed in the past the concept of chatzi shir. Chatzi shir means if I do a mitzvah, but only part of it, or I do an Aveira for that matter, but only part of it. The, the Pasuk says that kol chelev, you're not allowed to eat kol chelev, um, that the Pasuk says the word kol chelev, shor, v'chesev, v'ez, lo sochlu. You're not allowed to eat any of the fat. There's two types of fat, chelev and shuman on an animal. Chelev is not good, shuman is good. But it says kol chelev, you can't eat all chelev. Why does it have to stick the word kol? So we learn, if Gemara learns out, and Gemara Yuma, the Ayn Dalit learns out, Ayn Gimel, Ayn Beis, Ayn Dalit, Ayn Dalit, and Aleph, learns out that, that, well, in case anyone's listening, there are people who actually write these Mukharas <laughs> down. Someone asked me, I, last week, someone listened and said, you didn't mention the Allah and the Shulchan Aruch. So that's why, I don't know who's going to be listening later on, so, on the website, so that's why I have to go ahead and, uh, I like the sources also, so. Anyway, so, um, so it says, kol chelev, even less than a kazais. We learn out from the concept of chazi share. Why does it stick in the extra word kol? We know the Torah doesn't waste any real estate. Kol chelev, the kutcha said chelev, you don't eat chelev. It says, don't eat any chelev to teach us even less than a kazais. So from here we learn out the concept of chazi share. Now the question is, why is chazi share? We just went ahead for the last half hour and said, Achila is defined as a kazais. Maybe not in our case because it says the word visavata, but here's a prime example. It doesn't give the definition of the measurement. It says kol chelev shor v'chesev v'ez lo sochlu. Don't eat the chelev of a shor v'chesev v'ez of a bull, a lamb. So what does the word kol come to teach us? Even the smaller amount. Question is why? Why is, why is it usher to eat? If I know I'm not going to eat now, if someone gives me a little, taste a little four spice, taste a little bit of this chelev. It is heavenly. Taste it. So you're tasting a minimal amount. It's much less than a kazais. I'm not violating the Torah. Why is that usher? Well, the question is, why can we not eat? Why can we not eat it to begin with? It's like if it's, uh, let's say it's a tuma issue. No, know, so in this case it's not a tuma I'm issue. I'm just giving a but let's just say, example. Okay, we know that, let's make it kosher, so I don't care. Kosher, we know there's no reason for it. So you can't, it's right. piece of, it has a little bit of piece of ham. Right. Taste it. It's a, it's not, you're not violating anything. It's, the Torah says don't eat. Because uh, I said, I'm giving you a w- one, one morsel. So, so the Gemara says two, two reasons. The Gemara says, in general, that Chatsi Shir is awesome in the Torah because of this Pasuk. So you have a Pasuk, but there's a Svar. This is the Pasuk, right? Rabbi Yochanan and Lakish discuss this concept of whether Chatsi Shir eating less than the prescribed amount is also or not. They bring this Pasuk as one source, and the other source is based on logic. If I give you this one piece of, of, of ham, and now it's less, but what happens if Two minutes later, someone else comes and gives you another half kazais, and between the two, you now have a full kazais. It's called chazi litzarufei. You can combine shear A and shear B. One plus one is two, and you're going to violate. So there's this pasuk for it. The word kol come teach us any amount, even the smaller amount. That's the source for chazi shear. Or chazitz tarufe, based on the logic, you can go ahead and say, yes, right now, it's only this. But if someone else comes in two minutes and you add another, it's going to combine for a full share. So that's the Machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan says chazitz share, even less than amount, is asr min based on this pasuk of the svara. And Rish Lakish says it's not asr min Even though we hold it's asr min it's not punishable. You don't get malchus for it, but you still go ahead and, and uh, you violate something. Question is, 
how to understand this, and this is going to impact why, you'll see why I'm getting to this concept in a second. How do we understand, this is a, keep cup for a second, this is a little challenging. How do we understand this concept of Chazi Tarufe? What does it mean that it's able to add on if I eat now and then I eat another five minutes? We're not talking about you eat, like, you know, Tomorrow. 10 days later, because we're talking about it, because I is defined with Tokhtei Achilles Pras, right? But <clears throat> let's say for a second that Chazi Tarufe. So on the one hand, it's simple to say is if I eat now, and then someone offers me in five minutes, since I'm able, or since I'm able to go ahead and combine those two, I'm going to violate. So right now, even though I'm not doing anything usher right now, everyone agrees that minatora, I'm not doing anything wrong by taking a morsel of, of ham right now. Okay? But if I was to go ahead and since potential to chazitz tarufe can combine one plus one equals two, so we, right now, you, you did something wrong. The second possibility is, just hear the other the other side, and then I'll answer your question, Jason. The other possibility to understand chazi share chazi the that it can combine is right now. Bottom line, in a vacuum, if someone if I'm eating ham, is that wrong? Forget about the technical part. If I'm eating enough to share to tr- of a measurement to trigger the violation, is it inherently wrong to eat? The answer is yes. You're just being you're you're hang, you're, you're you're getting hang, uh, hung up on the technicality that you're not eating the amount. But, but proof is in the pudding. Right now you're doing an act that's usser. Irrespective of really what's gonna happen later, right, it just, yeah, you don't have the measurement, but that's, tech, that's a technicality. So right now what you're doing is usser. Yeah. Berg, the measurement and the calculation against a time period, is it 24 hours? That you can combine, or is it 30 days? Like- Great. <clears throat> so normally we say that for a Maisa Achila, it's within nine minutes. But we're going to give an example in a second that if it's not a Maisa Achila, it's defined by the length of the Yom Tov. I'll give you that ex- example. What would be a practical difference between these two applications? And once you hear it, you'll understand. Let's say someone wants to eat chametz 30 seconds before Pesach is over. Or somebody, this is Rabbi Kivager, or someone wants to break their fast on Yom Kippur 30 seconds earlier, and they're not going to be able to consume a kazayas within those 30 seconds. Did they violate Chatzi Shir? So let's see. If we say that the only reason that Chatzi Shir is Asrim in Torah, because you can combine what he eats now and what he combines later on, if the first understanding, then there's no, there's no possibility. Exactly. That's the opposite here. There's no way you can consume the full kazayas within 20 seconds. So then you wouldn't violate anything. But if you understand the second way to understand Chatzishir, that right now inherently, in a vacuum, are you doing something right or are you doing something wrong? The answer is you're doing something wrong. But you want so, to punish. That's something else. God will take care of you. But, right, you're not punished, meaning... Fine, but Hashem still knows you did something wrong. So we say, shares Asim and you don't get punished. But if you know there's no chance that you're going to finish the Kazayas, so maybe, and the, the first way to understand this is that you didn't do anything wrong at all. But according to the second way, you would violate Chatzishir because right now it's not dependent on the potential to add in the sense that we understood the first way, one plus one is two. Right now, one, one equals two, meaning that right now you're doing something wrong. So even if you can't finish it and it'll never add up, the sum will never equal one, right now you're doing something wrong. So the Shagas Aryeh has this, this, this doubt. He gives an example to Jason's point. What if I find a half a shear of chametz on day one? You flush it down the toilet. Now I find another half shear on day number two. 
So here it's going to be extended all the Pesach. It's not the nine minutes because we're not eating. That's Bayra, Bayimah. So no one can possibly say if I flush the first half yesterday down the toilet and it's gone, that today I find another entamins, a uh, couple crumbs, and I find a, a small piece of entamins at a half a shear that it can combine with yesterday's half shear. That's somewhere in the sewer system already, right? But if you say that each time independently that it's you violating something because right now you did a, a, a prohibited act irrespective of the measurement that would that would combine. So that's another example. That's a, the the half a shear of comments today violating by Rabbi Matzah on Pesach day one and half a uh, half a shear on, on Pesach day two is the is the suffix of the Shakasari. That would depend on these two ways. And Rabkiva Eger's examples we said thirty seconds before Yom Kippur, thirty seconds before. Fascinating, fascinating question. Happens to be, by the way, that uh, just as before we get to uh, by, by matzah, how it relates to us, does the, well, I just gave an example based on the, on the <laughs> Shagasari, whether it applies to uh, the concept of chatzis share, even applies to food. Interesting, the Chacham Tzvi says that, look at the context of the Pasuk, kol chelev, that chatzis share is in the context of eating. He aims to hold that the concept of chatzis share only applies to eating. Which means if you write, right, we know, let's say, for example, writing on Shabbos, the Isra Ksiva Kosev is writing two letters. If I write one letter, according to the Chacham Tzvi, it's not Chatzishir. Chatzishir only applies to eating, acts of eating. Eating on Yom Kippur, eating chametz, eating matzah, so on and so forth. So it only applies to eating. So, but assuming that it doesn't, that applies even beyond that, that would be also an example of Bayra, by Matzah. You're not allowed to have in your possession chametz and Pesach. And this would be a way to look at the two possibilities to understand. How much With that. That's Jason's question. So for eating, it has to be tokh de echidas pras. But if it's not eating, then those, the, the, the Isra of Pesach applies for eight days. So by Rabbi Matzei, you know, you know, comments in your possession would apply for the whole, whole, whole eight days. Here's the question, how it relates to us. So everyone agrees that there is a concept. This is really beautiful. There's, everyone agrees there's a concept of chatzi shir by a losase. Don't violate this. Oh. Is there a concept? Thank you, Alan. Say it louder. What about Give me a chance to drink. Mitzvah saseh. Do we say there's a concept of chatzis share by anaseh? What does that mean? If a person knows lechatchila, let's not use the example of gastric stapling because that's an honors probably. Oh, beautiful. Let's say a person only has a half a kazayas of matzah. Whatever the reason, there's 101 scenarios. He only has a half a kazayas of matzah. Is there any worth? Is he obligated to eat it? Do we say, just like chatzi shir is aser minatori, you're not going to get punished. But is there any value, besides calorically, is there any value in eating half a kazayas of matzah? Fascinating question. Is he obligated to eat it? We know the obligation is to eat a full share. So is there an obligation to eat? What if he said, what if he split it up half and then two hours another or, or well, that's or the same. Well, it's more it's more or less the same thing. It's more or less the same thing. Let me just try to be a spiritual obligation. So we know let, let's see if this, this applies. We know the Rambam says as follows. Someone eats even a small amount of Pesach, it's Asr Minatora. Let's say if you eat even a small amount of chametz, you're usher. Does the reverse apply? So in fact, the Shavuos Yaakov has asked this question on, about matzah. Is there any value? And he said there is no value to eating half a share. And listen to his proof. This is brilliant. 
He says there's a halacha in Tav Pei Hei in Shulchan Aruch. It says as follows: Amar Shvua Shlo Ochel Matzah Stam. If someone makes a neder, a Shvua, I should say a Shvua, I will not eat matzah all year long. I forbid myself from eating matzah. A, 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 a neder, a vow is on the chefza, on the object. The shvua is on the garf, on the person. It says I will not consume matzah all year long. It says aser lechol matzah below pesach. It says the shulchan aruch, you cannot then go ahead and consume matzah on pesach. And the leila say there, he made a shvua. I'm not going to eat. It says the shvusiakov. Let me ask you a question. We know that whenever someone takes a shvua not to eat. The Isra is a kazayas. Okay? If I swear that I will not eat matzah, that means I won't eat a kazayas of matzah. So if that's, so says the Shavuz Yaakov, and the fact that he says don't eat anything, why not, why doesn't the Shulchanach just give the advice to eat a half a share of matzah? You swore not to eat matzah. So implicit in your Shavuah is that you're not going to eat a kazayas of matzah. So says the Shavuz Yaakov, the fact that the Mechaber didn't write at least eat a bite of matzah shows that there's no inherent value to eating less than a share of matzah, so there's no concept of chatzis share minatora by an assay. Everyone understand that? There's another example. I tell this to my wife about her on chocolate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to hurt you. If she's allowed to eat morsels all day long, you're going to regret it. So, okay, dude. It's, it's a, so, so, oh, so you're not, allowed, but, but you're not making, you're not actually saying that I'm not going to eat matzah. On, on, on Pesach, you're not. If that was the nether, I'm not going to eat Pesach specifically on, on Lela Pesach. Right. I'm not going to eat matzah. You that would be that. That would be Nishvah Levatel's mitzvah doesn't apply. But if you're saying I'm not going to eat matzah, you're not specifically targeting Lela Pesach. Then, then the Shochanach well, says. If you're making a lachilas matzah, so that's exactly the question. That's exactly the question. So he says there's no. He says you don't have to. So, so, so it could be that the person didn't have that intention. In other words, the person didn't say, if you got, the person was to say, I'm not going to eat Pesach, Matzah, Lel Pesach, that's certainly we're not. But here, here's another question. Let me just. Oh, so that's Gemara and Nazar Dav Gimondal. I'll discuss that with you afterwards. That's Machlokas Rashi Tosas. I'll get to that to you after. I just want to finish this with two more minutes. Now, another possibility is by, by the Tkios. Listen to what the, what the Shochanach says. He says in Tav Kuf Tzadi Gimel, If someone doesn't know how to blow a Tashrat, let's just say, oh, let's make it simple. He doesn't know how to blow a Tarat. Tekiah, true or Tekiah. Should he blow at all? He says, don't blow at all. If you can't blow the full Tekiah, all I know is to blow is Tekiahs. I can't do the, the nine. Do, 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 do. I can't do that. I can just do the simple Tekiah. He says, if you're going to ruin the Simon and you can't blow the whole Tarat, Tekiah, true or Tekiah, don't blow at all. So uh, says the Stechemet, if that's the case, it also shows that there's no Chatzishir by an Asay. Why not just blow a Tekiah? Why do you have to blow the whole thing? So it happens to be, and Mechaber seems to say, don't blow half a Simon. Don't blow just a Tekiah. If you don't know how to do Trua, you can't blow ju- just a Tekiah. So that's not necessarily a strong proof. Um, the uh, the Melachadah says, because the, the whole Tekiah is a Tekiah, Trua Tekiah. So it's not even... You can blow a tekiah, true a tekiah, the whole simon. If you don't know blow a, um, a shvarim, you can still blow tekiah, true a tekiah, without blowing a tekiah, shvarim, true a, a tekiah. In other words, it's not a good proof because even one portion of the tekiahs is a tekiah, true a tekiah. So blowing even half of a half does, it's not, it says it's not really good, a good proof. 
Why? Because if I, listen to what is logic, if I was to continue to do this act repetitively by matzah, I ate a bite of matzah, if I did the same act 30 times, I would get to the shear. But if I just blew, t- and I'd fulfill the mitzvah, but if you just blow a tekiah without ever blowing a truah or a shvarim, you would never get to the full shear. So the, exa- the, ex- the examples are not synonymous. Well, it's not food, right. Well, that's assuming it only applies to food. We don't know that it only applies to food. But maybe the, the, the Chacham Tzvi says the Bayalosa say it applies. Here's the follows. The Chidah suggests, and we'll end with this, says beautifully. He says, listen to what it says. He believes that there is a concept of Chatzishir by Mitzvah Saseh. And he says as follows. He says, the Mida Tova Merubah Midas Peranos. Good always trumps over evil. Hopefully today as well, in today's times. But good always trumps. If we're going to get punished for doing a half a measurement for an Avera, then we are certainly going to get rewarded for doing a half a, 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 an action for, for a mitzvah. And he goes on to say, He says also in Zberka Yosef that at the very least we are going ahead and we're doing a zecher for the mitzvah. So do, even if you can do a half, do it. How did I get to this? Why, why is this relevant here? So the Sefer, um, uh, Dr. Michael Michel, who was here last year in the winter, bought me the Sefer. He says, there's a proof from the, our Gemara he says, the Sefer Amudah Rosam, he quotes, says that there's no concept of chatzishir by mitzvah saseh. You know why? Yesterday we saw that if a son can go ahead and discharge his father's obligation in benching, how can that be? So we said it must be that he only ate, the father ate less than a shear. Meaning, and therefore he's only obligated to Rabbanon. Therefore the son, who's a katan, is only obligated rabbinically, can go ahead and discharge his father's obligation. If there was a concept of chatsi shir minatora by an asei, he ate, he should be obligated to bench even minatora, even if he ate the smaller amount. He should still, he, right? If you pulled that there's a, that there's a chatsi shir, we believe in partial amounts, triggers, just like it violates an avera, it should trigger a mitzvah, he should be obligated to bench minatora, even if he ate a smaller amount. So that's how, but he says it's not a good proof. Because, and, and this is the last point, he says it's not a good proof. The reason is because here the obligation already exists. You can't say chatzishir to trigger an obligation, right? You're not obligated in benching until you eat a certain amount. If I eat less amount, it's going to trigger an obligation to bench? No. It's where the mitzvah already exists. I have an obligation to eat matzah. And I have to do, uh, I have to eat a kazais. And you're only eating half a kazais. You're doing the full amount. You're doing the correct activity. You're just not fulfilling the obligation or discharge obligation. But here, if you eat less to trigger an obligation to bench, that doesn't hold water. So basically, we saw whether mitzvah sasei applies. Many people say it does not apply chatzishir. Clearly, even if you hold it does apply, you would not make a bracha. You would not make a bracha on the, most people say you would not make a bracha of achilas matzah. And the, and the Chidah says it does apply at least, it, at least you're doing something, so do it. The last question is, if you have two people on a boat and they only have one kezayis of matzah, what should they do? Should each one now go ahead and have half a kezayis? Or should you say, let them fight it out and only one person eat the full kezayis and mitzvah and mitzvah let, let at least one person can fulfill the obligation entirely or should we say they should divide it in each person? Good question, right? Yeah. Right? What do you, by a show of hands. That's, that's no. if you're going to survive a canteen in the, in the desert. But what happens if you only have one kazayas of matzah between two people? What do you suggest? What do you say? One person. One person. One person. So that's the Sefer Rei Chaim says, duke it out. And if you have a, a jiu-jitsu uh, guy and you have a guy who's just... Uh, you know, a 98-pound weakling, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, pretty much knows who's going to win. But, 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 
So the, the Ikari Adat is Rabbi Daniel Turney was a uh, was an Italian rabbi uh, who has an anthology of halachic rulings. Actually, said it's better that each person takes half. So we see at least there's some value to doing a mitzvah even partially to the fact where it's going to sacrifice one person's doing the mitzvah bishlemuso mitzvah menamufkar in the optimal way. He says at least give each person a half a kazais so they can get a taste of the mitzvah. Anyway, fascinating topic. Have a wonderful day.